0: Welcome to the American Families of Faith Project audio article series. These audio articles are written, read, and recorded by Lauren Marks and Dave Dahlheit, co-directors of the American Families of Faith Project at Brigham Young University. Each article has previously been published in various online newspapers and magazines. Visit AmericanFamiliesOfFaith.byu.edu to learn more. Hello friends and welcome to the American Families of Faith podcast series. This is audio article number 10, originally published in August of 2018 with Meridian Magazine co-authored by myself and Dave Dollahyatt. It is entitled, The Abiding Power of Sacred Family Rituals. Here we go. What is the best thing I can do as a parent to bring our family closer together? How can I best strengthen my child's faith? As scholars and researchers of family and religion, questions like these are sometimes directed our way. Our two decades of interviewing about 200 very strong, exemplar families of various faiths from around the United States have revealed some answers to these difficult but vital questions. Across religion, race, and region, mothers and fathers and their children have emphasized the power of sacred family rituals. Drawing from the diverse families who taught us, we explore, explain, and illustrate why sacred family rituals matter with the hope that your family and ours will more effectively harness this power in our own homes and families. Theme 1. The Costs and Challenges of Religious Family-Level Rituals Rituals require structure, effort, organization, and flexibility in families. Often, family-level rituals present enough challenges that resolving the accompanying conflict is an integral element of success. Many contemporary religious families reportedly struggle to maintain meaningful rituals and sacred practices due to the competing challenges of life from myriad outside forces. There are also challenges from within the home, including the reluctance of children to participate. Jackie, a black Methodist mother of three daughters, reported, You know what we try to do? And it kind of works. We get our kids to sit down at the table with us, and we have a little Bible study and have some passages read aloud, And we just talk about their day, about something that's bothering them. Someone will read a scripture or explain something that they've heard in church so that they will have a base that they can build upon. But sometimes they'll say, Mom, we don't want to do that right now. Mitchell, a Baptist father of seven, similarly explained that although their weekly family night was important to him and to his wife, there was often resistance from their teenagers. He said, there's always the challenge of let's really make this relevant in helping our children, seeing the usefulness. Sometimes I think the resistance is because of the pressures of their schedule. They've got homework, they've got this or that. Sometimes we need to say, Okay, listen, we can spend time complaining about this, or we can actually have some meaningful time. And I think for the most part, when we do have those times, they do appreciate it, but there are challenges. Mitchell's 18-year-old son, Byron, then interjected, We might not always enter into it with the most willing attitude, but it's definitely a blessing at the end. Reports such as Jackie and Mitchell's remind us that family rituals are often rituals in overcoming resistance. The balance can be a delicate one. If there's too little structure and commitment and the ritual is likely to die. However, it is also possible to push too hard. Research has found that while some religious family practices seem to facilitate marriage and family relations, compulsory family worship can sometimes be counterproductive. Several parents address the tension between actively engaging versus blatantly forcing children in connection with family-level rituals. Rachel, a Jewish mother of three, including two teenagers, explained, We do the same rituals for our holidays and all our Sabbath activities. And, you know, a lot of times we have to nag the kids and pull them into things. But if we don't do something, or if something is missed, or if we say we're not going to do Shabbat, they say with excited animation, what do you mean we're not doing it? They'll get mad that we don't do Shabbat. They're upset because life is not the way it usually is. They get upset if we don't hallow the Sabbath. It's very interesting. Sometimes they act like we are annoying them by dragging them through the ritual, but if we don't have it there for them, they get upset by it. The religion provides a lot of strength and comfort and structure. Patricia. A Latter-day Saint mother of six with just one child still at home said, Family home evening is a family get-together on Monday night when we have fun and play together and pray together and teach the children. When our children were very young, we used to think, why are we doing this? This is crazy. They're not listening to a word. And now as adults, they will come back and say, family home evening was so wonderful. There's some laughter involved. You don't realize the impact a lot of things have when you're doing them. We have also done a lot of summer vacations and family reunions. They used to fight us tooth and toenail every summer. And now the one who fought us the hardest will do anything to be there. It's payday. You just have to hang in there. One common theme between Rachel and Patricia's reflections is the effort required. Note the language of these two mothers. For example, Rachel's statements that we have to nag them or pull them, and they act like we are annoying them by dragging them through the ritual. And Patricia's reference that her children would bite us tooth and toenail. A second common theme is the often less evident meaning of family religious practice to the children. In Rachel's case, this did not become apparent until she suggested not carrying through a Shabbat observance. In Patricia's case, the power of the family home evening ritual did not come to her attention until literally years later. In connection with both the effort required and invested in ritual, as well as the subsequent outcome, we note sociologist Douglas Marshall's statement that quote, "the strength of belief and belonging created by a ritual increases with the effortfulness its practice entails." End quote. From this vantage, Challenges to ritual, if met by the necessary effort to overcome them, serve to magnify a ritual's power. The repeated testimony of these diverse families is that in ritual, as in weight training, difficulty and strain are benefits in disguise. Theme 2. Studying the Sacred Word Together Family Scripture Study For several of the families we interviewed, studying or reviewing scripture or sacred text together was a meaningful religious ritual. Natalie, a 14-year-old Latter-day Saint daughter, said, Mom and Dad know the scriptures really well, which helps them in their lives. And then we have scripture study every morning, so they help us and are teaching us that too. The gospel plays a huge role in their lives, which therefore plays a huge role in my life, because they teach it to us. Trey and Rochelle's family also held daily family scripture study, but offered a less idyllic report on their teenager, Cindy. Trey the father explained, Cindy complains that our study lessons are boring sometimes, and I'll admit a lot of them are boring. But every once in a while, it just clicks. You know, everybody's interested and everybody has questions, and it's a real feeling of oneness as a family. It just kind of all comes together. Those are the times that I think you have to kind of live through all the boring stuff and keep doing it, even though it is boring, and then occasionally when it really clicks, and those are the ones that are really special. In some families, the most salient examples of family scripture study were not daily, but were connected to annual holy days. For many of the Jewish families we interviewed, the most poignant scriptural recitation and reading took place as part of sacred rituals such as the Passover Seder, where God's sparing of the children of Israel and their liberation from slavery are revisited in narrative with several symbols. One mother, Rachel, related, A Seder is telling a story. You tell the story and you remember. Mostly, in our family, we take turns reading through the Haggadah. Then we say scripture-based blessings together. For Jasmine, a Black Methodist teen in her family, Christmas sparked a family scripture study with elements that are similar to those reported by Rachel. Jasmine said, There is a ritualistic nature of the things that kind of bring us together. Like every Christmas, before I get to open any presents, we always read the Christmas story. And it's not because we don't know the Christmas story, we can all recite it from memory. But what's important is just being together and reliving that story every year. And it's not even necessarily just the religious aspect of it. I think it's just because we're all together, and we can appreciate each other in that way. Note that Rachel and Jasmine emphasize at least three shared central elements. First, story. Both mention story multiple times. Second, remembering. For example, remember the quotes, You tell the story, and you remember. And... We can all recite it from memory. We are reliving that story every year. End quote. Third, unity. We take turns reading, then we say blessings together. And it brings us together. What is important is just being together. We can appreciate each other. Well, annual remembrances such as Seder and Christmas. Were the Scripture-infused rituals that were most salient to some, many other families talked of less dramatic but more frequent Scripture study rituals. In many cases, these were daily. One of the more striking examples was offered by a Jehovah's Witness family with two children. Jennifer, the mother, said, When the kids were younger, our family study was reading through the Bible. Each kid read out loud through the entire Bible. It took us about three years. We all used different Bible translations. Mark, the father, said, and we discussed it, Jennifer then added. And then when Nick did it, then Erica started doing it. And we did it as a whole family. So the whole family, we have listened to both of our kids read the Bible out loud from beginning to end. An Arab-American Muslim mother named Asala similarly explained her family's approach to studying sacred texts together. She said, After saying prayers together as an entire family most evenings, we read from the religious books, the Quran and the Hadith, teachings of Muhammad, and talk about Islam and the values, which in your daily life you can sometimes forget. It serves as a reminder to everyone again, and it is done as a family. Elise, a Latter-day Saint mother, reflected on the value of daily scripture study in her family. She said, One of the most important sacred practices for me is reading scripture verses. Each night we gather together and we study from the scriptures, and each child who can read will take turns reading verses from the scriptures, and when the kids don't understand something, they'll stop us. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us every day to teach them a little bit more and to find out what they know. We never cease to be surprised at how much they are already picking up and how much they understand. And doing that every day is something that I hope will continue to instill what we believe. As we revisit the common elements from the annual rituals mentioned previously, we note that although the powerful narrative element of the Seder or Christmas celebration may be difficult to capture on a daily basis, the two earlier identified elements of remembering and unity are clearly integral in these daily scripture-based rituals. In connection with remembering, Asala said of their family's Quran study, in your daily life, you can sometimes forget. It serves as a reminder. In connection with unity, the participants reported, we did it as a whole family. It is done as a family. And each night we gather together. We note that in the narratives from the three different families, the word we appeared nine times while I appeared only once. This is significant because the singular first person is typical in our interviews, but this is not the case in the parents' discussions of family rituals. Our participants' discussions of family rituals seem to convey and invite unity, we and relationship. As we conclude our discussion of families in the Sacred Word, We note that in families where scripture study is important, an underlying theme is that what is taking place is, in some ways, more than the reading of a sacred text. It is a time for motivation, discussion, learning, and worship. But perhaps above all, it is a time for hearing the sacred word together. Belief and belonging are infused and interconnected. We now move to our third and final theme, A fourth theme, connecting with the Creator, the power of family prayer, will be addressed in a future audio article. Theme three, finding meaning in a hurry up world, sacred family rituals. Although scripture study was important to some families, other families mentioned other rituals that held sacred meaning for them. The focus, however, seemed to remain upon a unifying and coming together of the family that centered on faith. A Muslim father, Ibrahim, explained, In addition to prayer and scripture, we cherish the month-long fast of Ramadan because we do so many things together as a family. We wake up in the middle of the night, we sit together, we eat together, we pray together. It's a very, very good experience for us. The month of Ramadan has been prescribed to us where every Muslim is supposed to fast from dawn to sunset. So what we do is we get up early, very early in the morning, And we have a meal together. And then after the meal, we read Quran, our scripture. And after we do that, it's time for prayer. We pray together. In the evening, during the breaking of the fast, again, the same thing happens as during the morning. We all come together as a family, and we eat together, and we thank God together. We pray together. Then we break the fast. So the whole month of Ramadan is a unique experience. We do a lot less of the worldly things and a lot more of godly things than we normally do. And especially when you do those kinds of things together every day, it tends to bring people together and it strengthens our beliefs and family. Once again, we see a familial fusion of belief and belonging. For Ibrahim and his family, the month of Ramadan means a lot less of the worldly things and a lot more of the godly things a month-long resistance to the often frenetic pace of modern life. We have suggested that often the best things in life are slow. Several of the families we interviewed, including Ibrahim's, discussed sacred ritual as a cadence mechanism that provided a rhythm to life and that helped slow things down when things get too crazy. Several Jewish families similarly explained how the Jewish ritual of welcoming in the Sabbath on Friday evening with the lighting of the candles and the Sabbath meal have added depth to their family relationships. A 17-year-old Jewish daughter, Hannah, explained, Shabbos means that I don't have to worry about the usual things. The rest of the week is a totally different time. We have Shabbos, and that Shabbos. It is different. We don't have to worry about the rest of the world. The rest of the world goes on, but we're here with our family and our religion. That's just, it's our time. Note that although Hannah was in the me-first years of teenage life, her description of the familial Shabbos ritual invoked we three times, our three times, and I only once. A Jewish husband named Daniel summarized, I don't know that the Sabbath meal is a religious experience for most people, but for me, it's the heart of religion. Aida, a Latina Latter-day Saint mother of two, similarly mentioned a family ritual of faith that has some interesting similarities to Sarah and Daniel's Sabbath meal. She said, Family home evening is a meeting we have. The whole family, parents and the children. We have the meeting every week on Monday night. We sing a hymn and we have a prayer. My husband or I will prepare a short lesson or teaching from the gospel, and then our older daughter will retell the lesson in her words. This has had a tremendous impact on her and her younger sister. Note there are several common elements between Shabbat and family home evening. First, the time is consistent, Friday or Monday evening, respectively. Second, the event is not haphazard, in fact, the time is consecrated, made sacred, or set apart, as formally designated in Judaism by the lighting of the Sabbath candles, or with him singing in prayer for Aida's Latter-day Saint family. Third, the rituals take place even when life is crazy. Indeed, the hectic and harried times are when sacred ritual is most needed to restore a sense of structure order, and reverence to chaotic life. A fourth commonality is that, to the degree possible, all family members are involved. Fifth, a variety of practices are integrated into a single-family ritual, including prayer, singing of sacred songs, spiritual teaching, and discussion. For the families of Ibrahim, Hannah, Daniel, and Aida, it is as if several religious elements are being combined week after week to communicate, exemplify, and reinforce the intersection of faith and family as the axis mundi, or sacred center, of life. The families we have interviewed have emphasized that introducing, integrating, and maintaining sacred family rituals was difficult work. The considerable benefits for this work, however, including 1. A time of relaxation and the ability to breathe. 2 a better structure and rhythm to life. 3. Increased physical, mental, and or spiritual health and quality of life. 4. Improved direct and indirect parent-child communication. 5. A stronger marriage relationship. 6. A sense of comfort and meaning. And seventh, And lastly, a personal relationship and connection with God. In conclusion, ultimately, what seems to matter most is not only the specific rituals, but that there are family rituals at all, that a family has sacred, meaningful rituals and experiences together. Is there perfection in these family rituals? Never. Is there some effort, hassle, friction, and chaos? Almost always. But. Is there sometimes a spark of sacred, transcendent magic? In truth, it is rare, but tonight might just be one of those nights. Thank you for joining us again on this American Families of Faith podcast. We look forward to joining with you again soon. Doctors Dave Dollahyte and Lauren Marks are both professors in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. The American Families of Faith Project shares research-based ideas about ways of making faith come alive in marriage and family life.